What's up, guys? You're listening to the Life in Motion audio experience, featuring interviews around travel, action sports, culture, and more. Welcome to episode 12 of the Life in Motion audio experience, where I chat with BMX Life Program founder, Joe B. Sender. Find out how BMX took him from the Pennsylvania trails to the city and why it's so important for him to use BMX as a way to mentor and encourage the youth of Philadelphia. Hey guys, I've got Joby here on the line, um, the man behind BMX Life Program out in Philly. Um, and that's also one of the nonprofits that we work with here at Illumin. Um, but on top of that, he's been riding BMX bikes for years um, and is really big into the, the street scene out on the East Coast. Uh, but to kind of kick things off, uh, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit more about yourself, you know, kind of what, what your story is, where you grew up, um, what kind of hobbies you're into and, and got into and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let me just start off by saying thanks again for, uh, you know, reaching out and asking me to be a part of this. You know, I'm yeah. very thankful for this partnership with Illumin and, uh, you know, any opportunity to uh, talk about the program and some of the stuff we're doing, uh, you know, your, your company as well, some of what we're all doing together. Um, you know, it's just great. Um, so yeah, basically, I I'm uh, I'm from Pottsville, Pennsylvania originally. That's a uh, coal mining town about like two hours northwest of uh, Philadelphia. Okay. I grew up up there. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up around these trails that were called Minersville. Uh, it was a town next door called Minersville Trails. Um, they were kind of like the the caddy or the posh before those kind of came about. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with caddy or posh they're like yep so um, those those, early too, aren't they <laughs> yeah yeah man like it was crazy it was it was awesome to um you know come up at that time like you know back in the late 90s early 2000s like dirt riding was like you know much bigger than street riding was then and you know kind of how it is today um so you know it, it was great having this set of trails you know a five minute ten minute drive from my house I uh, spent all my summers there digging from, you know, sun up to sundown. I uh, got to meet a lot of awesome dudes, a lot of like, you know, pros back when I was just like 14 or 15, seeing dudes like uh, Crandall at all the events, Chase Hawk, Doyle, um, who else is that? I mean, the list goes on. John Jennings. Uh, I from abroad. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. So like, you know, Woodward, um, that's in Pennsylvania up by State College in the middle of the state. So that was essentially just a two and a half, three hour drive from Minersville. So all those like big name dudes when they'd be going to Woodward for, you know, a couple of weeks in the summer, like X Games was in Philadelphia for a couple of years, like from 01 to 02 or something, you know, that brought all this like BMX, uh, you know, par, like star power out. And, uh, you know, they'd make a trip up to uh, Minersville. And it, it was just great to see all those dudes from the magazines and videos at such a young age. Um, you know, on, you know, that's kind of what gave me the, um, I guess that's where the calling came from to start like a BMX program like I did. Um, you know, I, I grew up with all these older guys, you know, just showing me the way, teaching me how to build jumps, how to ride, work on the bike, you know, so. So you, just, uh, you, know. you started riding when you said you were like around 14 or something? Yeah, I, it was probably a little earlier than that. Um, you know, I was always riding bikes. I mean, I think my dad tells me, like, the training wheels came off when I was about three. Um, 
So, you know, it was always just like building jumps in the backyard, stuff like that, building little dirt jumps. Um, you know, before I got into serious like trail riding, we it was more so just like basic street stuff, you know, finding whatever we could in the town. We were a little too intimidated to uh, go out to Minersville uh, when we first started because we just heard it was, you know, the jumps were huge. The guys were dickheads. Um, you know, if you weren't carrying water all day or moving a wheelbarrow, like they wouldn't even let you touch the shovels because you couldn't mess anything up. So, you yeah. know, you were just doing a lot of, uh, lay, you know, labor. And when you're young, that doesn't sound cool yet. You're like, I just want to ride. So I'm not going out there. I'm going to avoid that at all costs. And just keep I was going to say, I know the dirt guys definitely, um, they do take that very seriously, which is, is very, um, uh, right, frightfully so, I should say. Um, yeah, there's a science to it, so you know they need to be on point with things. Yeah. Know? So, so you said you you did um, you know some jumps in your backyard and stuff. What what kind of intro? Like, did you just start doing that, or did you see like like something you know um, like a movie or a magazine, or I guess the X Games you know was big in that time too? Um, yeah. Kind of how you got the idea. Okay, let me go you know jump my bike off this curb, or it just kind of happened and it kind of evolved that way. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, first, it just evolved from, like, I, you know, I was riding bikes at a young age. My dad had me on them. Um, you know, and the next step from that was making ramps out of whatever I could find. Um, did that for a while. And then, yeah, like, you know, I was probably seven or eight, started uh, seeing stuff maybe about the X Games or whatever um, and some of those events. And then just because there was such a strong scene in the area, um, you know, I, I definitely saw some other guys on BMX bikes around, you know, much older than me at that point, but that kind of got the, um, the gears turning and, and sparked an interest. Uh, and then I can remember one video I saw, like, you know, I was at a, a blockbuster back in the day with my mom <laughs> and finding a movie for the weekend with some of my buddies. And I saw like Miracle Boy and Nyquist or oh, something. It was yeah. like a Dave Muir and Ryan Nyquist like video back in the day. It wasn't even like a riding video. It was more like, I mean, there was riding in it, obviously, but it was more like interviews with them and stuff and i mean that was probably like what kind of sealed the deal i was like all right and I, I need bikes like i need a bmx bike i need to do this stuff and you know it, it just went from there that's awesome yeah and the um i think it was the last time that x games was in philly um i went there with my dad and that was um oh, wow. the time i started kind of getting into biking but that's when you know i'd like got an autograph from dave mira and you know we were just all over yeah. the like that was so that was definitely um an awesome time back then um yeah, that's great so 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 you started riding trails um and then i know you're kind of more into well i, I shouldn't say kind of more but i know a lot of stuff with um like animal and i you're kind of more more street oriented now um yeah, and, yeah definitely so how, how did that so, kind of uh, progress, I guess? Or that yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, riding trails all through high school. Unfortunately, like somebody got hurt at, out at uh, Minersville, some kid in like, you know, migrating high school. I was a freshman at the time. It was over the summer. He fell. He wasn't even like a kid that really liked, he wasn't serious about riding. You know, a lot of kids just like going into the woods because they could like, you know, drink a beer or smoke cigarettes, you know, they're little 14, 15 year old like kids just acting like little badasses. He was like one of those dudes. He crashed, overshot a jump, like broke his nose, got a concussion, something else. But there was no like older guys out at the trails at that time. It was like just him and some other young kids. And they like didn't know what to do. I guess he was knocked out. So they called 911. He ended up getting airlifted from the trails. And that kind of like set in motion the, the end of those. 
unfortunately. So they got like partially plowed, like within a month. Um, we tried to rebuild some stuff. Like, you know, we still had maybe like half of the jumps left. So we tried to reroute everything. You know, that was cool for a couple of years. That got me through high school. We actually started like another set of trails then because we kept having issues with the original spot. Started another set of trails like in a different part of the same area of woods. Had that going, you know, throughout high school. But then, um, you know, as I neared the end of college or the end of high school, I was definitely getting more interested in street riding because the trails were just like becoming a battle with like the neighborhood. People were always going back there and, uh, you know, wrecking them so that we couldn't ride them, you know, just bullshit like that. Um, I was looking at schools and I was kind of interested in going down to, um, you know, Philadelphia. There's so much going on there. One of my older buddies that I grew up riding with, his name was Pat Schlitzer. He, um, a few years older than me, obviously he was already going to school down in Philly. I saw, you know, him posting pictures, riding FDR and like, you know, what to me was like real street, you know, hitting real spots and stuff like that. I had a couple buddies actually that were in Philly at the time, this kid named Nick Bott as well. And uh, a guy named John Schimpf who does like the Jib BMX stuff. Yeah. If you've ever seen that on Instagram or his uh, DVDs. So yeah, they were like all guys from my area. They were living in Philly. So I was like, all right, I got to go down there link up with them and like, you know, ride street and, you know, so get, get an education down there and, and just ride. So I guess so that so, was definitely, <laughs> so I got a question. No, so what, um, what was the bigger influence? Was it, for for choosing where you went to in school was it the school in philly or the fact that you could ride street in philly <laughs> yeah yeah you you know where that was going it was it was definitely the fact that i was going to be able to ride street i didn't even really look at any other schools um you know i guess i, I had some backups but i wasn't serious about anything besides like two of these schools in philly um and yeah it, it worked out i got i got accepted to uh temple university which nice. is right in north philadelphia in the heart of the hood but um you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way. My freshman year, I, I got to meet like a couple other guys that were freshmen and sophomores as well. Uh, Kev Van Ocker, Matt Miller. And, um, you know, they already had this chocolate truck crew grow, uh, going. You know, they had uh, web videos out and they were working on doing like a full length DVD. Uh, those guys were from Levittown, which is just north of Philly. Um, so it was great to like link up with them, you know, the next couple of years we had a house together, called it the chocolate truck house. And it was just like, you know, the, a, you know, a party spot, obviously, but also a great like meeting grounds for like everybody in the area to just come link up. There was always somebody there, always somebody coming through to like meet up to ride. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really, um, you know, productive time for, for, you know, all, the whole riding scene here. So it was real cool. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll jump back to the college thing. I kind of did the same thing. Um, I, I grew up in a, <laughs> in a very small town in the country in Virginia yep. and Richmond with Richmond, Virginia was the closest place and they have a big school VCU yeah. there. And I knew it was right smack dab in the city. And I know there's a street <laughs> there more than what my town had to offer. Cause that's all I really had growing up. So I was like, I know I can ride my bike here and I can get an education. So I'm good. Um, I didn't even yeah, visit the place before I, you know, Move-in day was the first time I ever visited VCU. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny, dude. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, you know small world or uh, just a coincidence because like two of my you know good homies that I've been seeing a lot recently, a uh, dude named Zach Costi, he's like an OG, used to yeah. ride for solid bikes back in the day. Obviously, still like out there killing it. Uh, he went to VCU for his masters, and uh, Eric Holiday. Another yeah. guy that rides for FDM, he uh, he was at VCU, I'm pretty sure as well. So he, he was in a couple of my classes, actually. 
Who, Holiday? Holiday was, yep. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, Small he's, world. Small he's a world. couple years old. I'll mention that during this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a couple years older than me, but he was in a couple of my classes, and um, yeah, he was always, uh, obviously, you know, the FBM crew is really big there, um, so he was always kind of with those yep. guys, but um, yeah, I used to ride with him a little bit then in VCU in Richmond, so <laughs> that's funny. That's dope, man. <laughs> So, yeah, so then you guys kind of had this this whole kind of, uh, I don't know, more or less crew, I guess, you know, with the chocolate truck deal. Um, and then you, how many, I know you guys have put out a couple of DVDs with that group. Is it, how many? So we actually, <laughs> it's a, that's a running joke, uh, like amongst all our friends. We've only put one out. Um, we have chocolate truck two. It's on deck, you know, it should be out. I'm, <laughs> I wish I could say like by the end of this year, but it might probably spill over into 2019. Um, yeah, so we put one video out, lots of edits and stuff. We're just working on finalizing this next one. Um, you know, we've got a big crew, and the crew has kind of uh, shrunk in the past few years. You know, people grow up, they got to move, uh, different opportunities come up, different jobs, whatever it is. Some people just grow out of, uh, you know, riding kids' bikes. Um, so, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to give people a chance to, you know, come get some more clips and everything. And that's definitely delaying the release. But, yeah, Chocolate Truck 2 should be out soon. It's going to be a banger. Everybody's been putting in a lot of work, uh, you know, just, you know, killing it. So uh, excited for that. Can't wait to, uh, you know, share that with everyone. Definitely. So when it, when it comes to filming for that kind of stuff or, you know, even web edits, um, you know, I – what what all goes into it as far as, as from your perspective you know obviously you you know you pick what spot you pick the trick you pick the day sometimes yeah. sometimes you just don't feel it it's not a good day you got to go back you got to deal with yeah. stuff what is that um what is that kind of process and kind of what motivates you through that frustration because i know yeah. that happens with trying stuff over and over again yeah definitely and um you know every, everybody's got their own unique approach kind of um myself you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to shoot my own horn, but I look up to guys more so like that are just finding the crazier setups and spots. So like I try to mimic that stuff, you know, guys like Rat Kid and, and you know, those dudes who are, you know, the riding might look a little less um, like it's, it's not all the flippy spinny shit that you see on the X Games. Yeah. But they're, they're riding real street. They're going out into, you know, every neighborhood, every corner of the city, not just, you know, riding shit meeting people, talking to people, um, you know, seeing what's going on in those neighborhoods, the debauchery, the crazy stuff, the good stuff. And, um, you know, just exploring that way. Um, you know, I, my riding's not, as I said, it's, I'm, I keep it kind of simple. Um, I like stuff to look clean, uh, when I can, I grew up riding trails, obviously. So that was always something, you know, you had to be smooth, had to look right. Weren't just out there to, you know, jump jumps to jump them, you know, it had to flow it had to look beautiful so you know i'm always looking for that aesthetic uh you know when i'm riding the street um i you know i spend hours just riding around the city not sessioning any spots or anything but just looking for new stuff that i've not seen in any other video not seen anybody else post and that's kind of like where i find the most enjoyment for me um you know not not the practicing tricks and shit but just going out and finding cool stuff to ride you know stuff that hopefully no one else has seen or ridden filmed on and you know just bringing something new and fresh uh to my um you know video section whatever it is yeah definitely and definitely just kind of cruising around and finding new spots is um half of the fun i think um just in general with being yep. the street just because it's 
like you said, freedom. And then you, go, you just see, you just see a lot of different places, especially, you know, I'm sure even more in, in, in uh, a bigger city like Philadelphia. So, um, that's gotta be fun. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, you, 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 I see the craziest stuff, um, you know, some good, some bad, but that's just what it is. And, um, you know, there's people out there, obviously, in some tough situations that, um, you know, predisposes them to do some, some make some tough decisions. But, uh, you know, that was just another way I found that, you know, a BMX program for kids might be able to provide some, some good support and, um, you know, a positive outlet for them. Uh, you know, the same way it did for me when I was a kid. Definitely. Well, um, now that we're on that, I want to ask you one last question about um, kind of BMX and yourself, and then we'll jump into the BMX Life Program. So, like, with, yep. you know, with your experience, um, I guess this is a good good transition, with your experience, you know, riding up, growing, uh, or riding trails, onto the street, the filming, the being in the city, all that kind of stuff, and the people that you met along the way, how's that kind of, um, I guess changed your outlook and your perspective on life. I mean, I know, you know, there's, you know, there's a stigma with a lot of action sports, you know, there's that, that bum BMX kid or that ratty skater, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah. But I, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, gave me a different perspective, different outlet and, and that kind of thing. So I'm just curious, like how that, how that, um, affected you personally your outlook and then obviously that kind of transitions into the whole bmx life program so yeah yeah um i mean i guess you know the perspective um you know it's kind of funny like um i work at this nonprofit now and it's they're kind of not religiously based but that's you know kind of the backbone for like this whole recovery program that one day at a time runs you know it's all about service serving others um growing up riding the trails, it was essentially the same thing. You know, you didn't just come there to ride. You had to do some work. You had to serve. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, that just kind of, it, it transitioned itself in a way that like, you know, I wasn't really uh, building jumps in anymore and like doing anything like that, but I was going out and engaging with people who, you know, even just a conversation sometimes can be a big help to them. You might, um, you know, open them up to some other resources that are available, whatever it was, um, you know, and that's, that, that's one way that I think I saw like a transition there. And I think I might've get like missed the question a little bit, my bad, but, um, you know, no, no, that, that's, that's, you're right on right so far. So, but yeah, you know, just, uh, like, you know, we're going out into every, every crevice and crack and corner in the city, like, you know, going into you know, some of the worst areas, you know, every street on the house is abandoned, boarded up, burned out, garbage everywhere. But, you know, these are still vibrant communities with people who live there. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to get by day by day, um, one day at a time and, and just, you know, grow and, 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 you know, progress in, in the right way. Um, you know, just going out and being able to like engage with some kids who might not have a father figure at home or might not really have like a, a stable, you know, home life or school life, whatever it is. And just seeing them like get on a bike and ride it and be happy. And you know what I mean? Feel like, you know, every, all those other worries and stuff are kind of gone for that. Those few moments or whatever, you know, that's, that's really cool too. I, I think that sounds kind of corny, but you know, like 
that's that's just something that we kind of always do when we're out riding you know you're, you're going into somebody's neighborhood they know you're not from there they know that you're some white kid from outside the city probably <laughs> and uh you know what the hell are you doing there whatever but once you start talking to people and engaging with them and, and they see that oh they're not you know what i mean they're they're cool they're you know they're treating us with respect um you know they're they realize we're these riders are coming into their neighborhood. It's not their space. You know, they got to approach us a certain way. Um, and when you approach it the right way, you, you just get a lot of love back. And, um, you know, some of those conversations and, um, interactions are, you know, some of the most valuable things, you know, I got kids that I've bumped into once, once or twice, you know, in far corners of the city, I might not go back there for a couple of weeks, months at a time. And, and I go back on that block and go to ride this thing again. And, it's that same kid a couple months later, he recognizes me, you know, daps me up, say, what's up? How's everything been? You know what I mean? Like so that stuff is, is real cool to me, you know, just making those relationships and, and providing, you know, some kids with, you know, a little hope or whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, so with the, so how long has BMX life been around? Um, and kind of, you know, I said, you know, I know you, you work with, um, uh, it was one day at a time, right? Um, this is the, the other nonprofit. Yeah. So you were yeah, so one day at a time. Is, and then yeah, I think, so, um, yeah, so yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. My bad. Um, yeah, BMX life. I just finished up like the third summer, uh, program okay. session for it. Um, so yeah, it started in 2016. Okay. Um, I started working at one day at a time in the summer of 2015, 2015. Um, so, you know, like when I was interviewing for this, uh, open position, you know, I had an internship, uh, for like a larger nonprofit that, um, one day at a time is under, you know, we're our funder. Um, the lady I interned for, she thought that I would be a good fit for, uh, the president of the company. His name's Mel Wells. He was looking for an assistant and, um, you know, through getting to know her, she thought I'd be a good fit with him. Um, you know, set up a couple interviews, got to meet and talk to him and some of the other staff. And, uh, you know, right away, he, you know, we kind of hit it off. He saw that I was kind of like, had some of the energy he was looking for. Um, you know, he's a guy that has to move fast just because that's what the job dictates. Yeah. He's doing a lot of things with a little bit of time, you know, very few resources, but doing the most uh, for his community. And, um, you know, I just, one of the first things I said in the interview is, I got this, you know, I told him I ride BMX bikes, explained what that was. You kind of knew what it was, obviously. I told him I wanted to run a program for kids. I'd worked on one in college with a buddy of mine, Steve Tassone, who was another chocolate truck dude. Um, in a business class he had, you know, we kind of came up with this idea. And, um, you know, I just kind of took it and ran with it. He was trying to open up his own bike shop and like an online mail order. So he did that. I ran with this program, ended up getting hooked up with these, uh, you know, in the nonprofit world. And, uh, you know, it was just a great fit right from the get go. Um, so yeah, a lot of times I guess people think that like BMX life is a lot bigger than it probably is. Um, but it's just, you know, this one program I run myself with the support of, you know, one day at a time. Um, you know, I have a, a regular job here. I'm chief of staff for Mel, but, um, the, you know, the program itself, that's just kind of something I get to do in the summer because he wants, he wanted me to, he wanted the, the organization to have more of a reach for uh, youth programming. So this was kind of how we got the start. You know, we, we have another youth program now. It's called like youth recovery mode. And that's like early intervention, drug and alcohol program. Uh, so, okay. you know, trying to get the kids who have been exposed to drugs and alcohol 
um, like at a young age, whether it's just in school, neighborhood, their parents, whatever. Um, you know, that, that served as a great jumping off point because, you know, kids aren't necessarily interested in maybe getting involved in like a program like that because what do they see the benefit at that point other than, you know, just staying clean. Um, but if you can pull them in with like, you know, riding BMX bikes and riding bikes, that's really cool. And then they, you know, they fall in line with all the other stuff and you get to kind of, you know, build those relationships and let them know that, you know, doing all that other stuff isn't going to get you anywhere, but, you know, having a hobby or a passion for something like this can really, you know, take you places. No. Yeah. That makes, that makes a, a ton of sense. So, so what does, you know, you said you kind of do it during the, the summer mainly. Um, what, like, I guess, what does a typical day look like? Um, you know, uh, you know, as far as going out riding or kind of what is that, what does that interaction looks like? I guess the structure or, you know, what have you. Yeah. So, um, in the summers, basically I run the program like three days a week because obviously I have to keep myself available for my boss and what else he needs done. Um, so, uh, I think this year we switched it up. It was Monday, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, previous years, it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, either way, three days a week from like nine to 12 or one, 9 a.m. to like 12 p.m., 1 p.m. Um, it's crazy because, you know, no matter what the hours were, I think the first summer, the hours were 10 to one. Yeah. I would have kids showing up at like 8.30 when I'm like getting to the office. Office isn't even open yet. You know, the parents know it starts at 10 a.m., but they were so eager to get out here. They'd just be coming at, you know, the crack of dawn as soon as they woke up. You know, they come through, um, you know, when we started the program, it was obviously all about just building the bikes up, you know, teaching the kids the tools, the components, how everything kind of worked, you know, how the bike operated, you know, those mechanical aspects, you know, something I always hit on is, you know, if you like doing this type of stuff, you know, you graduate to working on dirt bikes, cars, you know what I mean? You could open your own garage then stuff like yeah. that, you know, it lends itself and applies to, to, you know, real world things later in life. Even Definitely. if it's just, you know, getting involved with a bike program at a young age. So hold on, to, um, to backtrack on that real quick. So um how so do you guys um supply the kids with these bikes or you know, do you guys work with other companies to kinda of help um, you know, help get the kids on bikes or maybe they already have their bikes or kind of what does that look like? Yeah, so uh, unfortunately most of the kids do not have their own bikes. Um even if they do have bikes, they're usually like pieced together. They might be riding their little sister's bike from five years ago and blah, 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 whatever. Um, how I did everything is I set up a, a uh, Indiegogo, like fundraising platform, you know, online yeah. fundraiser. It raised about like $1,500, um, bought like the first grip of uh, bikes for the first year. That was like, you know, nine bikes. I think somebody, there's a pump track uh, in Philly. They had a relationship with SE Bike Company because uh, they have, you know, SE and Trek. Uh, I guess that's all one company. Uh, they had a, a factory in Philly. They hooked me up with a contact in there. They gave me a, you know, like a a fair price to, um, you know, buy all these bikes for since they knew it was for a nonprofit. They couldn't donate them straight up, but, you know, they were able to give me like a factory price. I just yeah. went out and bought all the bikes. And, you know, that was how we started with like eight or nine bikes. That's awesome. So that's okay. So the kids are there, they're, they're <laughs> eager. And that's pretty, at first of all, I think it's awesome too, that you are um, taking the time to show them how to work on the bikes and build them. And, you know, I'm sure fix flats, yep. and brake chains and all the fun yep, stuff. That absolutely. That. So, 
So do you guys kind of start there and kind of, you know, have a little, little, uh, I guess, does it always start there and kind of start about, you know, the mechanics of a bike and then you guys kind of venture out from there or, or I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I get, I got away from that a little bit. So yeah. Um, you know, that was the first, you know, couple the first two summers was a lot of that because I was still like constantly getting new bikes and new kids into the program. Um, so, you know, I wanted to make sure everybody was up to speed on that type of stuff. So every time, you know, uh, Van Homan, he, he came, he found out what was going on with the program. He donated one of his signature completes. Oh, that's awesome. uh, Brian Kishuk, this last summer, he donated a couple signature completes of his, um, you know, so everybody kind of like pitches in kink. Kink was great. The kink team, um, my homie, Matt Miller is rods for kink. So, um, they came through and silly, like last summer, we're on a trip, a filming trip, stayed in the city. Uh, they came out like a bunch of the dudes came out to uh, meet the kids from the program. A couple of days we rode this spot in North Philly called Ghetto Banks. Um, you know, they got to meet and talk with these dudes from all over the world. So that was sick. That's so um, awesome. But yeah, you know, basically the kids come in. Um, once the bikes were all built up and I had like a, you know, a, a consistent set of dudes, like there was no need to keep going over the same old stuff. So yeah, like this past summer, um, since it's, mostly returning dudes you know we just would get out and ride for three hours i'd take them to you know wherever various skate parks around the city a couple street spots um last year i like took them on a field trip out to caddy trails actually so that was awesome i uh, didn't get a chance to do something like that this year um you know it's far outside the city but we did some other really cool stuff uh you know just little day trips around the city you know some of these kids don't get off their blocks enough you know so it's good to get them out there and, and let them see, you know, what the rest of the city has to offer. Yeah. Well, I was going to say with that, you know, most of them kind of, uh, like you said, not getting out of the area. What, what did they think when you did uh, take them to the trails? Oh, they couldn't believe it. I mean, first <laughs> of all, they thought like you would have thought it took them to like the middle of like, oh, dude, I don't know. They would they thought they were in the middle of the forest. Like we're outside <laughs> of Allentown in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, like, you know, pretty big cities on the East you know, outside of Philadelphia. And they thought they were in like the middle of the wilderness. Like, I'm like, dude, there's houses all around this little patch of woods. Like we're not, we're barely in the woods. This is just the tree coverage. But um, I mean, they couldn't believe the size of the jumps. Like when I explained like, you know, all the work that goes into it, the maintenance, you know, every year you got to relayer everything, recode everything after the winter uh, and, and, you know, keep on top of it and, and through the summer. Um, you know, they were just really hyped on, you know, being able to see all that stuff, kind of feel like they were a part of it. You know, I brought a bunch of food out, barbecue and everything. So, um, you know, that was really sick. Yeah, no, it's awesome. They've been asking to go back since, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so, um, wh how, and about how many kids you said, I know you said you started off with nine bikes. So did you have nine kids? You still have about that same number of kids that go out? So like uh, the first year, it was probably like uh, like six consistent kids that came like you know every you know the three days out of the week every session. Um, you know, I probably had ten to twelve kids signed up, but you know, kids kind of filter in and out. You know, they're doing other stuff sometimes. You know, if their friends are doing other stuff, they're going to do that. If the friend wants to, if they want to ride bikes that day, they might come through. Um, so that was like the first year. By the second year, it was a little bit more of like a a uh, established group. You know, I had like. Uh, like nine nine to ten kids probably come in like every single day and then this past year it was like becoming an issue because i was running out of enough bikes for everyone there's only one of me 
I got like, you know, one vehicle that I can transport kids in. So, um, you know, that became a little bit of an issue. But like at the same time, we had this new youth recovery mode program and some uh, new staff in working with the youth. So, you know, if I couldn't take all 10, 11, 12 kids out because there was only six seats in the car that day and room for six bikes, um, you know, they were able to do some other stuff. And then we kind of switched off. Um, But this past year, I was up to like, probably 15 regular BMX life participants, but almost 30 signed up for it. Okay. Um, And, you know, now I've got about like 15 bikes. So it was right on the cusp of like, you know, just having enough to manage it and make it all work for everybody. That's not, so, so with that, I mean, obviously, you know, starting in, in 2016 or whatever, I mean, it is growing. Um, and it's not like it's having a good impact within the community. What, what is like your, um, I guess, ultimate like vision for the program? Like how, how you want to grow it, how you want to see it, um, you know, change and evolve over the years? Yeah, man. Well, I just want to see this grow. I want to see these kids in these uh, neighborhoods all on BMX bikes, you know, sticking with it. It's great. You know, a couple kids from the first program, my boy Deshaun is one of the older guys that was there for like the first year and is still with us. He's probably like 16 now. Um, he works at a bike shop just down the street um, called Cycles PHL Bike Shop. So, you know, that's really awesome. He turned his, you know, newfound interest and passion for riding bikes into a job at a, at a young age. Um, awesome. So, you know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. That's what I want to see all these kids doing. Um, you know, I got kids in the program that like one kid was already riding dirt bikes. He was like 10, 11 years old, already riding like, you know, little like, I don't know, like 120 cc. I don't know, I'm not as good with dirt bikes and shit, but, um, you know, he's like doing that stuff. And then he hops on a bike. He's, you know, probably one of the more undersized dudes out of the group. He's, you know, hadn't hit his growth spurt yet. Yeah. But from having that uh, bike control from riding a dirt bike on the streets he was able to hop on a BMX bike and just like, you know, kill it. And oh, yeah. you know, there's just so many other examples of that. You know, I've got kids that are like, you know, just going through, you know, unimaginable stuff at home. Obviously I can't get into that, but you know, whatever it is, you know, they just come in and, and, you know, they really form a, a relationship, not just with me, but with the whole one day at a time family. And they know that, you know, this isn't just a nonprofit organization in the neighborhood, but it's, it's truly family and they've got someone or somewhere that they can go to at any time and, you know, have support and resources that they might need. Um, you know, with the program, I just want to see it grow so that I can, you know, reach out to more kids throughout the city, trying to expand, trying to get this, you know, trying to get the city of Philadelphia to hopefully like take it on and, um, you know, institute it in some of their rec centers. So, you know, I can travel around uh, to different spots, have some bikes on deck at those rec centers and just, you know, get, get kids out on them. Um, uh, you know, in addition to that, just, yeah, just giving kids something, uh, you know, positive to do, get them off the corners from doing, you know, maybe being influenced by some of the more negative stuff going on. You know, that's, they're still going to be out in the streets on bikes. Um, you know, it's a lot better to be on a bike than be on the corner slanging something or, you know, yeah. just being in the wrong place at the wrong time around the wrong people. Um, you know, so any, you know, little stuff like that, it might seem insignificant. Uh, but it's it's really going leaps and bounds and, and doing a lot of great stuff for these kids. Yeah, I know. It and, sounds yeah. like it's definitely having a, a, a good effect on, especially one, that they're coming, a lot of them are coming back year after year. And two, like you said, um, um, 
you know, you, you see in the kids that, you know, that have, you know, whatever issues within their own personal life, but knowing that, that one day at a time BMX life and kind of that family that you are creating a community for that, which like that has to be probably the most rewarding part of, um, everything you're doing with both organizations. So that's, that's good. That's awesome to hear that. Uh, I guess you're, you're seeing that, uh, come to fruition, I guess would be the right word. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, like uh, another thing on top of the program, like, uh, you know, we offer free lunches. I, I get, uh, you know, through another free lunch program, you know, when these kids aren't in school in the summer, sometimes during the school year, the only real meal they're getting is, you know, those school lunches, that school breakfast, you know, they go home, there might not be any money, you know, their parents might not have any money, there might not be any food in the can- in the cupboards or the uh, pantries in the fridge. So, um, you know, in the summer, it gets really tough. Yeah. You know, these kids are eating a bag of chips and a, a grape soda for, for lunch and breakfast, you know, or three times a day, stuff like that, you know, it's terrible. So, um, you know, being able to provide some healthy alternatives, get them some, uh, you know, some, some good lunches and breakfasts during the summer is, is very important. Um, you know, in addition to that, uh, like companies like Animal and like I was saying, Kink, they hook me up with tons of, um, you know, donations and products that I can give out to the kids, you know, clothing, stuff like that. It's, it's, you know, I, I can't thank those guys enough, dude, that at kink, Ryan, uh, Cork, who used to be a kink. He was kind of my guy that always hooked me up. Uh, Nick B at animal, Ralph at animal, um, you know, they always take care of it. So, um, you know, they, they do a lot for these kids. They probably don't even know what they're doing, obviously, but, you know, just getting these kids in a, you know, a fresh animal shirt or a new, pair of jeans or a flannel that animals sent through and making sure that, you know, they got a, a change of clothes to wear just when they need to. Um, they don't got to wear the same clothes that they've been wearing for a week because, you know, mom might not be at home to do the wash and, you know, who, who knows where, you know, the rest of the family and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all these little, little things that turn into like big victories for us with the program. That's awesome. I mean, that, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> so, um, I guess, uh, so one thing I always kind of like to ask, um, you know, from, from your experiences and your personal experiences, from your experiences, uh, you know, working, uh, with one day at a time and BMX life and, and kind of seeing the effect, what, what is like a, a, a small, you know, you said small victories. Um, so what's like a small thing that, that you think that can make like a, a larger impact as far as, you know, moving people in the, in a positive way, if that kind of, if that question makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, let me think, um, you know, like one, one thing this program does is, um, you know, ODAT's all about, um, you know, wraparound services, you know, okay. putting the family back together, not just not just addressing you know drug and alcohol you know usually when people are coming up with um you know various different like social issues that are um affecting their lives it it wasn't just one thing you know it's a whole circle of things compounding on each other you know you're you're living in poverty you don't the school systems are terrible in, in these neighborhoods you know you don't have a chance to get a good education therefore you don't have a chance to get a good job you're not going to have any money to move and, and, and move into a safer, nicer community. So you're kind of stuck. Um, you know, with the program, it helps to 
you know, incentivize just, you know, growing and, and, and making some good moves for yourself, trying to do something positive. You know, I, I rail away on that stuff all the time. Um, and I guess I got a little um, away from what I wanted to say there, but, you know, we're, we're trying to put families back together. You know, there might be, you know, the mom out there that can't really connect with the kids anymore. She's going through stuff. She might be in a, a drug and alcohol outpatient program. And she's just, you know, working her hardest to get her life back together. She's, you know, working part-time, full-time, whatever it is, not getting to see her kids enough, but knowing that they're involved in something good with a, a you know, organization and a program that truly cares for their growth and, and uh, you know, health and well-being, you know, that helps, you know, the mother sometimes or the, the parents sometimes to get more involved and, um, you know, kind of trickles not to just her. Not just services, but. Yeah, you know, we're providing the, you know, the the parents or the brother or the sister with the drug and alcohol programming. They might need, uh, you know, might be mandated by the courts or, you know, whatever that stuff may be. You know, we have food banks where we're just, you know, making sure our clients have, you know, food, healthy food to eat at home, and, um, you know, all those all those little things. You know, they they go a long way. Yeah, and it sounds like kind of kind of part of that, you know, is. Um you know, with the understanding, you know, if, you know, like you said, you know, if it's, it is a drug problem with a mother or father or whatnot, and, you know, working out with a kid, it, it's almost, um, being empathetic to that issue, um, and not, um, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this to kind of, like you said, kind of bring it full circle where it's all working together and not like ignoring the problem. Yeah. Ignoring something or forgetting about that problem or that issue and just saying, you know what, um, yeah, that's very unfortunate, but what, what are we supposed to do about that? You know, it's not like that. We're, we're going to try and do whatever we can to just, you know, make sure that this community and that these families are, are set up for success and can, you know, just, uh, you know, have a, a fair chance at, at living a good life. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, last but not least, I do want to ask also, um, what, you know, you, you had a pretty, uh, or I, I think you have a pretty uh, interesting journey, uh, you know, from, from BMX to, you know, going to college basically, or not going to college because of that, but going to college um, to a specific college because of BMX and now getting involved, um, kind of bringing that, you know, full circle for your own self um, to this, this youth in Philadelphia. What is, what is one piece of advice that you might be able to offer, offer somebody that, you know, that is trying to, um, you know, maybe they're just trying to follow their dream with BMX or maybe they're, um, maybe they are trying to look to get more involved in their community, you know, from a nonprofit standpoint. Um, what, what is yeah. that one kind of piece that could kind of help them, you know, actually realize that they can do it? Definitely. Um, I would say don't shy away from hard work. You know, if, if you want good results and you want to do big things and, and make big changes, the easy way out isn't going to work. You know, you just got to, you know, buckle down sometimes. My dad would always say this, you know, do it the hard way. It's easier. <laughs> and I, I find that so funny because a lot of times when you're trying to cut corners and take a shortcut and, you know, you don't want to go through the process that you know is the right way to do it. You're going to try and see how you can, you know, save a few minutes, save a few dollars, whatever it is. A lot of times you end up, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't go right. Yeah. No. If you just stay the course and, and uh, you know, put your head down and chug forward, and just, you know, do things, you know, how they should be done, a lot of times it'll work out much easier than 
that, you know, the, the other alternative way, which you thought would be easier. Um, you know what I mean? I just, I tell kids, you got to take school seriously. If, if, you know what I mean? If, if you're not starting there, how are you going to take a job serious? How's anybody going to take you serious? Um, you know what I mean? So it's just instilling some of that uh, accountability back into, um, you know, the, the youth. Um, like I said, there's a lot of broken homes and everything. And some of those messages, you know, might not make it through to the kids. Sometimes their parents are dealing with stuff they, they've got unimaginable things going on. Uh, all sorts of trauma that, you know, they're, they're just not thinking about, um, not thinking the way that a lot of other people are. Yeah. Um, so if you can just provide a little guidance and a little like, you know, nudge in the right direction and just, you know, tell these kids, you know, just persevere, just persevere, do what you got to do. It's not going to be easy, but it, it'll be a lot better for you in the long run to just, you know, stick your head down and, and do the hard work. Definitely a lot, a lot better. Like you said, it usually works out a lot better that way and a lot more rewarding too. Um, yeah. You know, Awesome. Well, um, finally, also, where can people find uh, BMX Life online? Uh, kind of see, you know, what what you guys have going on. Um, you know, obviously the the summer just is over now, so you know, you guys are gonna be ramping up and probably have some small things along the way. But yeah, where can where can people check you guys out? Yeah, so um, definitely check BMX Life out at um, bmxlife.org. www.bmxlife.org. On Instagram, we are. Um, bmx life program at bmx life program one word um and in addition to those two obviously you also want to probably learn a little bit more about one day at a time um that's one sorry odat philly o-d-a-a-t philly p-h-i-l-l-y dot org um you know through odat philly and bmx life you can learn all about what we're doing here in philadelphia um there's ways for you guys to donate you know your donations go a long way um in providing you know resources for the community for the kids um you know whatever it may be a, a little goes a long way so we're always appreciative of any uh, outside support and um you know i just thank you again jeremy for uh you know doing a little research finding out about this program a couple of years ago and reaching out to me and uh, creating this partnership i'm uh, very thankful for you know, the support you've been able to provide these kids in North Philly and the program itself. Um, and, you know, you've, it's, it's just so valuable to, to work with people in collab and, and, you know, grow these relationships. Yeah, you bet. I mean, now I'm definitely really stoked on what you guys have going on. Um, and I appreciate you kind of sharing your story as far as, you know, BMX goes and then um, kind of jumping more into the programs as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for, for, uh, coming on and uh yeah i really appreciate it looking forward to see what you guys have next hey awesome man we'll keep you guys updated and um you know just let me know what's going on with you guys as well we'll just keep keep uh trying to uh strengthen this partnership and uh you know do some good work yeah that sounds good thanks again all right thanks Jer. hey guys i really appreciate you listening and would absolutely love if you left a rating on itunes google play anchor or wherever you're listening to this your feedback is our inspiration to continue these stories and grow.